Well, again, welcome to Alpine Church. Thank you for being here. And I'm just so proud of our worship team. Would you guys give them a hand? We have some very gifted, gifted people from God that, that attend this church. If you don't go to this church, I really think you should. Unless you're going to another church close by that's, you know, Bible-believing church, and it's a good church. But I would recommend that this church is one of the best. So you guys are in a good church here today. And not just because, not, not because of me. I'm really nobody special. But if you don't remember who I am, I, I'm the pastor here. And I want to take a moment before we get into our last uh, part of tonight. I, I want to take a moment to look at some scripture and talk about this expected son, this Jesus Christ who was born. And, and we've been in this series all, all month of December. Um, for those of you that were here, we, had, we were in this series called Expecting Jesus. And we looked at a bunch of stories, especially like a lot of the Christmas stories leading up to the birth of Christ. And there was all these unexpected things that happened in the story leading up to Jesus. Now, he was an expected savior. Everybody was waiting for a Messiah to come, but the way in which he came was unexpected. And I think that even though we hear this Christmas story year after year after year of our lives and we come to these services, I, I don't think that we actually grasp the, the, the miracle of what God did on Christmas when he sent the expected Savior. The miracle that God would become a man and he would come and, and be born like a helpless baby and then grow up to live a life just like, a life just like you and I, except that he was sinless. And then he was to go and to be the sacrifice for all of our sins, all of your sins and my sins here today. That's the good news of Jesus, and that's what God was doing when he sent his son. That's why Christmas is so important, because it actually leads to, hopefully you'll come back Good Friday and Easter, what it leads to is that Jesus grew up and then died for you and me. Now, when this was going on, I just want to give you the timeline of, of things in the Bible. There was about 400 years in Israel of silence God had not been speaking to them at all. God, God was, you know, giving them the silent treatment. I don't know if you ever get that at home, husbands. Is that a thing? Uh, don't nudge your wives right now. You're probably going to get in trouble. But God wasn't talking to them. No prophets had sprung up to say anything. And so when, when Jesus comes and the angels come, like all kinds of miraculous little things are going on, like unexpected things, the presence of God, things that people hadn't um, known about or really expected. They, they'd, they'd become kind of calloused and used to hearing these stories but never really experiencing God. Well, when Jesus comes, all these little things are happening, and I want to zero in on a story. We've been reading all night and hearing scripture about the traditional story of Jesus being born, but I'm actually going to look at a, a, a probably a story that a lot of you guys haven't heard about, which is eight days later. 
Right after Jesus is born and the shepherds go and they leave him in Bethlehem, eight days later, Mary and Joseph make the trek back to Jerusalem and they're going to present Jesus, baby Jesus, at the temple. That was part of the law back then. The, the religious law was that a firstborn son needed to go and be dedicated to the Lord. And so they were dedicating baby Jesus at the temple. And they run into this weird guy named Simeon. And Simeon was waiting and expecting for this Savior to come. We read about it in Luke 2.25. At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him. So this guy, he's a devout man, a pious man. He knew his scriptures. But at a moment in time, all of the sudden, the Bible says the Holy Spirit jumps on him and comes into him. And this was something that didn't normally happen. This only actually happened to prophets in the Old Testament. So now that God's doing something new, he's preparing people to get ready for what's happening in the New Testament, what Jesus is about to do. And so him filled with the Holy Spirit basically prophesies or starts to speak about what this child is going to be like. And so I want to talk to you today about some of the things that he said. I want to read some of the things he said that the child Jesus, what he was going to do, the importance of, of who he was and what his mission was. And so the first thing I want to say is that Jesus is the light of the world. If we look at Luke 2, verses 30 through 32, this is Simeon. He sees Jesus come into the temple, and he's so excited. He starts to say, I've seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people, Israel. I want to zero in on that word light. Jesus is a light to the world. Maybe you've heard this before. We just saw it in that video. He is the light of the world. What does that mean? Well, there's a lot of things that light symbolizes. One, light symbolizes truth. Where, where when you illuminate something or you shine light into the darkness, you're able to see something more clear. You're able to see the, the real thing, the real picture. And so Jesus is the light who's come to bring truth. Truth in a world of full of lies. Isn't there so many lies out there in the world? So many different ideas about how the world came to be, right? Or about who God is, or what the afterlife is like, or, or the, you know, how, how human beings came about and how we're, we were created. There are so many different ideas and opinions and even lies out there in the world, and Jesus came down to be the literal light to reveal the truth about God's story, who he is, what he's done, and how he wants a relationship with us. I think about, when I think about lights, you know, lights guide us in the dark, when we're in a dark place. I would say the world is a dark place, full of lies and full of deception, full of brokenness, full of sin, full of sadness, a lot of things going on. It reminds me of, you know, being in the dark maybe driving in a snowstorm. Have you ever driven in a snowstorm and you can't see like two feet in front of you, 
right, and the snow's just coming down and it's dark, your headlights aren't even working, but one thing helps you in the distance if you're driving on one of our freeways like I-15 and it's full of snow, there's one thing that helps you to keep going on the right path and it's usually somebody else's lights up in front of us, right? Usually if you see somebody's brake lights, you're like, oh, thank God, you know, if they go off the road, at least they'll do it before I do and I'll be able to stop, right? <laughs> no, I hope we're not saying that. But, but we can see a light in the distance that, that is keeping us on track. Or I think about a lighthouse, right? A, a lighthouse guides the boats in when there's too much uh, uh, mist and fog and they can't actually find the dock. That's what lighthouse exists for, is to guide the ships in when people can't see And that's really what Jesus is. That's what Simeon is saying to us, is he is the truth that helps us actually see more clearly things about ourselves and things about the world. You know, Jesus is a light into our own soul. Sometimes we're in denial about things, right? We're in denial about our own character. We're in denial about our own brokenness. Um, some mistakes that we've made, and, and Jesus comes and just his presence alone shows us that we're broken. Why? Because why would God need to send the Savior in the first place if we weren't broken? Jesus is trying to get us to understand that he's come to lead us out of the darkness into the truth, not to make us feel terrible and guilty about everything, but to know that we have a need for this Son that was born on Christmas Day. Here's how uh, John puts it in, in chapter 8, verse 12. Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, this is what Jesus says about himself, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. We are walking around in spiritual darkness in this world and it's hard to know where to go But Jesus shines the light and points the way to himself. He illuminates the truth about himself and he brings us onto a path to get away from our darkness and brokenness and into a relationship with him. Right? So, okay, so we looked at what Simeon said about him being the light of the world, but Simeon says some other things. He says he's also a sign for us to follow. And before we look at the verses, I want to pose this statement. There are many signs in the world, but some should be ignored. Like this one, right? It just doesn't make any sense. Turn left, but you can't turn left, right? This should be ignored. Or this one, two-hour parking, 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. It's like, what, what, am, I, what am I doing here? Like, you're going to get a ticket. I'm just not going to park that. This, this should be, for all the rule breakers out there, can I get an amen? We're just going to park there, right? We're just going to park there. Or there, there's this one, doesn't make me feel very good. Go away. If, if you got invited to somebody's house for a party and it was on this street, wouldn't you just feel a little awkward when you pulled up there? Go away. This, these signs should be ignored. There's a lot of signs, a lot of street signs and billboards and, and, and marketing signs in the world that 
quite frankly, just need to be ignored. They're always pulling us. They're pulling our heart's desires towards other things, things in the dark, things of this dark, dark world. But there is a sign that we should pay attention to, and that sign is Jesus. Here's what Simeon goes on to say. Then Simeon blessed them. He said to Mary, the baby's mother, This child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall and many others to rise. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your very own soul. What he's saying there is that Jesus is this sign sent from God that something's about to happen. There's a a reckoning that needs to take place, and it's in people's hearts, but many people are going to ignore it, and many people are going to twist it to say what it's not saying. Many people are going to fight about this sign. Isn't that true? How many different spring-off religions are there that argue and disagree about who Jesus is? How many people out there um, hate Jesus? the truth about Jesus. People that reject the sign from God, and it says that as a result, even the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. Why? Because when Jesus comes, it begs the question, if, all, if God did all this 2,000 years ago or over that, he, he did this great thing that we celebrate every Christmas. He sent a son. He sent himself. He became a man, and he grew up And he died, and it turned the entire world upside down. This makes us then decide, what do we do with Jesus? Do we just say, oh, he's just a a made-up story, or oh, he was probably a good guy in history, because there's so much evidence, I can't really refute that a guy named Jesus existed 2,000 years ago. Do Do we reject it or minimize the sign from God, or will we accept it? Because what he is saying, as, as we talked about revealing the truth in us, if we are sinners and we are broken, and none of us can get to heaven and be right with God on our own, not by being religious, not by working for it, not by doing more good than I did bad, if what he said is the truth, then I have to do something with Jesus. He can't just be, you know, a little trinket on my necklace anymore. He can't just be a thought on Christmas and Easter anymore. I've got to do something with this sign. Many of us, there are signs in our own lives that we need to do something different, right? There are signs. There are health signs. There are signs in our relationships. There are things that we can look at or Um, examine in our own lives that are pointing to danger, that are pointing to things getting worse and worse for us. And Jesus is that sign saying, turn, turn around, there's danger, follow me. And this is the thing that people don't like, I think, about Christianity is when we talk about that we're broken and we're sinful and we need to be forgiven. People think it's hateful to call out sin and say, you know, what they're doing out there in the world is sin or, or what a certain person do, is doing, even in our own family, maybe it's you. You don't like to hear that you're doing something wrong. 
And so people think it's hateful to call that out. But I want to point to this sign. This sign made me think about something here. You know, imagine someone running along the path, but this sign wasn't there. And they would go off the cliff, basically. Um, Isn't it loving to have that sign there? Isn't it loving to say, hey, danger ahead. If you keep going down that path that you're on, you're going to die. Turn around. It's a dead end. The dead end, the, the road that many of us maybe in this room are headed on is a dead end that leads to nowhere, that leads to only more pain and sorrow. And this sign that God sends us is to point us back onto the path of having a relationship with our creator. And he is a good God. You know, what Jesus came down to do on Christmas was to come and to seek and to save those who are lost as a good sign and to point us back on the path. Here's what Jesus says about himself, Luke 19.10, For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. But he's the only way. There's not many paths to Jesus or many paths to God. This is what Jesus says about himself. You know the way to where I'm going. He's talking to Thomas, the famous doubter. Maybe you're here, you have doubts. He's talking to a doubter. No, we don't know where. We have no idea, Lord. Where are you going? So how can we know the way? Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Why do we make Jesus a big deal on Christmas, on regular Sundays, every day of our lives, hopefully, if you're a Christian here today, because he is the the light who came to shine the truth on our hearts, to show us our need, and he is the sign to point us back to a, a relationship with God, to get us back on the right path that leads to life. He says he is the life. When a person trusts in Jesus and him alone for the forgiveness of their sins, the Bible says that you have eternal life. You are forgiven of your sins. You're made right with God and you can go on knowing that one day you will be with God in heaven forever. So for you here tonight, my question is this. Will you be enlightened to the truth or will this just be another traditional thing that you do once a year? Will you allow him to show you the way? To show you the danger signs in your own life and the way away from danger and to him. Will you accept this new life? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word, for your son, for your truth. I'm just so amazed. I love Christmas so much, not for all that we've turned it into, but what it represents. God, so I pray tonight, Lord, that we would all be enlightened to the truth of who you are and the the wonder that you've done, the miracle solving the problem of our sin. We couldn't do it on our own. He sent your son. For unto us a child is born, a son is given. You gave us your one and only son, that's whoever believes in him, would not perish but have eternal life. Help those who have not believed today consider before they leave what they're going to do with Jesus. Let us rejoice here in the house of the Lord 
over what he's done. In Jesus' name, amen.